1: My tastes are very singular. You wouldn't understand. Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton. And I'm Madison Malone Kircher. You're listening to IcyMI. In case you missed it, Slate's podcast about internet culture. How are you doing today, Madison? Honestly, I'm doing better than T Pain. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I think we all are. That's true, but specifically I'm doing better than T-Pain because I have not been ignoring DMs, direct messages from other celebrities for like years. Just the tragedy of the weekend. T-Pain posted this video uh, last week that he discovered that he just had been ignoring messages from like very famous people. Yeah. (laughs)
0: i was today years old when i found out about the request folder on instagram that's full of celebs trying to reach me dude is that fergie smh
1: (laughs) in the video it's it's t-pain's dms just scrolling name after name after name diplo fergie
0: viola davis Yeah, uh, (laughs) I would simply launch myself off of a cliff had I missed a DM
1: from Viola Davis. (laughs) And uh, T-Pain's face is green screened over this and he's just like shaking his head and sighing so deeply. I apologize to everybody on this list and the hundreds of others I couldn't fit in this video. We are all sighing along with you t-pain but unlike t-pain we here at ICymi check our dms and our emails and our mentions so today we're launching a new segment called red receipts
0: i want to see the receipts wait matt madison no it's it's read receipts it's pronounced read receipts.
1: No. The thing that shows the timestamp when somebody it's read reads receipts. your text message or DM, yeah, that's a read receipt. Because they're reading it. Read No, receipts. they have read it. We'll debate this later. But anyway, <laughs> the segment, it's new. It's called read receipts. Uh, maybe read receipts. <sighs> <laughs> Depending on which host you ask, we've been getting some really, truly great and thoughtful messages from all of you who are listening to our show, and we wanted to take an episode to address some of them. So today we'll be talking about the drama currently embroiling the fanfiction website Archive of Our Own, submitted by listener Liv, who you'll hear from later on in the episode.
0: But before we get to Liv's question, another member of the Icy community had a question about a meme, and I'm just going to read this email in its entirety. Hello, period. Can you address the this shit bussin dot 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 sheesh meme? Then there's a YouTube link to a compilation of this. Thanks, period. Colon. We, well, we can address this, Collyon. Thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we would love to address this meme. Okay, so I think where we begin, and Rachel, I'm sorry because I know you hate when I show you cursed things on this show, but I I think we start with this TikTok I watched the other night and was just horrified by. Today for lunch, I'm packing my boyfriend another bell pepper sandwich. Yo. Welcome to Bussin' or Not, where I try this recipe so you don't have to. Let's do some cooking!
0: Her voice sounds like a cartoon
1: character. <laughs> it's this, this little old lady who's just out here trying cooking recipes and declaring them. The crunch of the pepper is really bussin'. Certified bussin'. You can't see the horror in my face, but just absolutely not. But Abs- I can, I like a like a cartoon character. Rachel's eyeballs just left their sockets and went like Auga! and then came back into
0: her head. Except it was not in joy or like Horniness. love or ardor. No, it was in my eyes. Wish to leave my skull because I'm upset that I have been shown this meme.
1: <laughs> so the the bussin on TikTok is a is a layered meme at this point. Just you laugh. You get one laugh. I'm going to have to say it, Rachel. It's it's the topic. I know what I sound like. You know what I sound like. Okay. Okay. That's the last one. It's not, but that's the last one. (laughs) So this little old lady is making a sandwich where the bun is a pepper. That's not a sandwich. I agree. That's a hand salad. And the the hand salad in question was made by a woman named Janelle, who is this oh, white woman mm-hmm. on TikTok who is always posting keto recipes and declaring them bussin or not. Well, wasn't it started with like Janelle didn't know
0: what bussin was, but, right. but people kept posting <laughs> like duets or stitches with Janelle because she would make these. Meals that did not look good. And that became, if you search, is it and Janelle on TikTok, there are so many videos that are involved in this. So this is one layer of the Bustin' Onion Sandwich hand salad thing. What's the second layer, <laughs>
1: Madison? So the the other element here we have to explain is the, the sheesh, which I'm not going to give Rachel the joy of hearing me explain, because I found a TikTok... <laughs> From user Ivor underscore ZNZ, which sums it up perfectly.
0: Explaining things so you don't
1: have to Google about it. She. She. So what does this mean? This means I innovate and it all started by the NBA star D'Angelo Russell. It's often used by the NBA star during the final minutes of the basketball match when the game is on the line. And once the ball went in after the clutch moment under pressure, he gotta keep it cool, cold blooded. Therefore, eyes in the veins. And this process evolved on TikTok, adding a face like and a she. It works best if you do it in harmony. And what does she mean? It's actually the same thing as saying wow when you get excited or surprised over something like she. You're welcome. So when she's talking about ice in your veins, you take, let's stretch out your left arm, take your right hand, your pointer and your index finger, and tap it to like the inside of your elbow, like someone is injecting you with ice.
0: And this is part of the bus and sheesh meme. We have not quite explained all of it. But as most memes on the internet, this started with black people. D'Angelo Russell, a black Basketball player Bussin is in fact A-V-E. It basically means very good. This shit Bussin could translate in the Queen's English to this item is impeccable.
1: (laughs) Pip pip cheerio. Uh, (laughs) So the meme that our listener asked about is a specific mashup of these two slang terms. Uh, And it goes a little something like this. Uh, You need a captive set of boomers... Ideally, your parents uh, <laughs>
0: go out in the wild, capture two boomers.
1: <laughs> First step, uh, step one. Number two, uh, you then hand a boomer or an older person some food and ask them how it tastes, and then they reply, describing it as "bussen." Oh, "bussen." <laughs> Sorry, I was I didn't realize. Okay, mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> and then followed by a loud sheesh. It sounds yes. a little something like this. Ayo, hey, mom, how's a lasagna? This shit bustin' respectfully.
0: No! Oh. Oh, <laughs> 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 so, the kind of like joy of this meme is that most of these boomers are not black. And then just hearing this suburban archetypical mom say, This shit bustin'. Combined with hearing their offspring in the background either cracking up or angry because they're saying, like, busting (laughs) instead of (laughs) bussing
1: is the kind of, like, tension that makes this meme soar. To our listener who, who asked us this wonderful question, I really hope that answered it for you. If not, we're
0: so sorry. We tried our best. Coming up, we've got another read receipt. This one's about one of my favorite topics, fan fiction, specifically the beloved fan fiction website AO3, which stands for Archive of Our Own. It's maybe one of the most influential fandom spaces on the internet, and right now it's facing a major reckoning around the way it's run and funded.
1: We'll have more on that after the break. And we're back with our second red receipt. Um, I actually think we have a voicemail from listener Liv who has a question about AO3. Hi. So I logged into Tumblr for the first time in about eight years the other day. I thought it would be a fun trip down um, memory lane, but it turns out that people are really mad um, and they're specifically mad at this website, Archive of Our Own, which I remember as hosting a lot of Harry Potter fan fiction that I would read when I was 12. But people are really mad at it now and it seems like, I don't know, they're mad because it's like raising money as a scam maybe to host questionable content. I couldn't really figure out what, the, what was actually going on. So if you could tell me what is going on with Archive of Our Own and why are people so angry at it? Thank you.
0: Okay, A, I would just like to say Liv, you have an amazing voice. B, I'm fully convinced you sent this question in specifically for me. Thank you See, so much. I think
1: Liv, like, if I researched her, would turn out to be like your college roommate. Or like, <laughs> like this this story was planted by Rachel to be a perfect like if you were to draw a Venn diagram of Rachel's <laughs> interests, the middle section is is this this ask.
0: But it's not just a big deal to me.
1: I would just like to say that. <laughs> that is true. Fan fiction has long been a space for women and queer people and people of color, you know, all groups of people who don't really get their fair share of representation in source material. <laughs> mm-hmm. Franchises that started out as fanfic, like Fifty Shades of Grey and After, which is um, Harry Styles fan fiction. Yes. These are incredibly influential and lucrative uh, <laughs> enterprises. It is certainly not just 12 year olds reading Harry Potter slash, though I was that 12 year old.
0: <laughs> oh. Same. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and out myself as someone who, like, still consumes fan pretty regularly.
1: I would be lying if I said that's also me, but, like, I was a closeted gay kid on the internet in the early aughts. Like, I've read my fair share.
0: As most people should, to be completely honest. Not least because, again, as Madison said, it's incredibly lucrative. We, It was only a few episodes ago they were talking about the ways that Fifty Shades of Grey changed the way we talk about kink. And it also changed the way we talk about fan fiction. Um, in case you somehow missed it, Fifty Shades of Grey started as a Twilight fanfiction. Originally, Christian Grey and Anastasia Steele <laughs> were Edward Cullen and Bella Swan. But the funny thing about Fifty Shades of Grey is that it was actually originally hosted on fanfiction.net. But she ended up having to move it to a separate website because of the (laughs) extreme sexual content involved in that story.
1: And she basically just made a blog.
0: Yeah, I I believe it was called 50shades.com. Before Archive of Our Own was founded in 2009, the most popular fanfiction websites were fanfiction.net or LiveJournal or Wattpad. But the difference between Archive of Our Own and all these other websites is that it was created because fanfiction writers were getting dmca complaints or author takedown requests or copyright uh, issues or just plain sexual content issues and so in 2009, a nonprofit was created called the Organization for Transformative Works, and it was and remains like fan-created and fan-run, and it was like created largely in response to fanfiction websites that were run by these huge corporations who wanted to profit off the huge audience that fanfiction like creates, but they wanted absolutely none of the smoke that came along with hosting these works. <laughs>
1: So was it the kind of thing where like you'd like develop an audience, people would be really like digging what you were writing and then one morning you could wake up and it would just be taken down? Yeah. That
0: happened to a lot of people because a lot of these websites that fanfiction was previously hosted by were run by major corporations that had like a legal liability or just didn't wanna be hosting like sexually explicit content. And so it became this kind of game of trying to figure out whether or not your content was gonna get taken down. And so Archive of Our Own was created specifically to basically be able to write whatever the fuck you want. The formal pledge is to preserving the history of fan works and fan culture in its myriad forms. We believe that fan works are transformative and that transformative works are legitimate. And that re- that word transformative is actually really important because it is kind of what copyright law turns on. And so theoretically everything on Archive of Our Own is considered transformative work.
1: That- All sounds really great. I feel like AO3 is a website I'm always surprised is still up and running. How do they keep the lights on?
0: That's a good question. I mean, usually the point of websites like this is to eventually get bought by a huge corporation. But AO3 is still reader funded, which is like really huge. So every year they kind of do this donation drive. And that means that authors don't have to worry about like, yahoo coming in and deciding to take down everything and they kind of provide a level of legal protection that other hosting websites don't even want to attempt
1: see this is all really cool and positive and kind of where i'd like to end the movie (laughs) uh because i feel like the the butt you're you're about to give me the butt i'm
0: about to give you a butt there's always a butt so so much of what makes ao 3 what it is is that it's this kind of grassroots community but It's the fact that it's grassroots, and it's also the fact that it is an incredibly permissive website, and it is largely volunteer-run, which means what always happens on any volunteer-run website that is incredibly permissive, there are things on AO3 that could be described as unsavory, which kind of brings us to the present. Up until very recently, AO3's content moderation policy has largely been, do whatever the fuck you want. Even though users have asked for stronger moderation tools, mostly involving the tagging system.
1: Okay, when you say tagging system.
0: It's kind of deceptively simple in how amazing it is. But AO3's tagging system has actually been widely lauded for how well it organizes information. You can curate your experience on AO3 so strongly. like You can tag PWP, which means porn without plot. There are tags that are purely for organizing, so that means that you can just click on that tag and find whatever you're looking for under there. And then there are tags that are kind of just like expressions of authors' personality. There's a really popular one that's funny to me that's called No Beta, We Die Like Men. (laughs) <laughs> which means that there's no beta reader. And beta readers are people who are kind of like editors. And it's usually a friend you have in the community and they read through your story and check for like typos or like plot. And it's this all community run support network so that when you, sometimes when you read a fan fiction, it's not just someone just straight publishing it. Like it has been beta by
1: a lot of different people. Oh my God, that's so lovely. I thought that was going to be some sort of like toxic masculinity alpha no! male thing. No, I love no, that. It's, yeah, no, exactly. Editorial oversight.
0: No, exactly. But when it says no beta, we die like men, it means they just didn't get a beta. So it's just like, they're like, if there's, it's basically like, if there's typos, don't be mad at me. Or it'll be like, I posted (laughs) this at 3 a.m. after four monsters. (laughs) Or like something like along those lines. And so the tagging system is both really useful and a really good reflection of personality. But there's kind of no way to block seeing certain things in tags.
1: Yeah, here's the but. We've arrived. Here's the but. (laughs) So this came up a lot last summer
0: when the United States was going through a racial reckoning uh, following the murder of George Floyd. Black fans and creators who had long been pushing for content moderation policies kind of upped their calls. They weren't even necessarily asking for AO3 to get rid of it. They were just like, can there be a way to tag things? as containing racist content. So that when I'm searching for like Remus Lupin serious black slash fiction, I'm not gonna run into something racist because there are certain tags that will show content. So example, there's one that's like major character death. So you can exclude that from your search if you don't want to read anything that involves somebody dying or a major character dying. But there was literally no way to do that with like racist content. I do want to make clear that there are ways you can filter what you're looking for and you can filter out certain tags, but that system is only as good as whatever user makes it. So if your user <laughs> does not say racism in here, <laughs> there there is no way to know that it's in there until you click on it. But what People on Ao3 have long asked for is an ability to like scroll through a tag and like block a certain user, so you don't see their content. You cannot do that, and for the longest time, it was framed as this free speech issue. I really want to importantly say here that like a lot of these like a lot of these fans who were using Ao3 were not even necessarily asking for Ao3 to not host this content. They were just asking for a way to not see it. They just
1: wanted to do like personalized shadow banning, it sounds like you're describing.
0: Yes, but it was always kind of framed as this free speech issue because at its core, AO3 is fundamentally like a free speech platform that thinks that the best kind of route forward is to be as permissive as you possibly can. And so the complaints about the racism, of course, didn't change AO3's mind. But what did is this absolutely fucking wild fanfiction that has over a million words and most importantly, 1,700 tags, which is visually and organizationally a nightmare and has fucked up this amazing tagging system that AO3 has. We unfortunately do not have the time to go into that entire thing, but if you want to find out about it, you should check out this piece from Adrian Romano at Vox. We'll link it in the show notes. It's such a great piece and also just such a wild piece of internet drama. But now that this thing has happened that is not necessarily related to, like, racism, but just an annoying user experience, AO3 is considering adding in a feature where you can block users from, like, from your experience.
1: Wow. Raise your hand if you're not surprised. (laughs) I mean,
0: this entire thing kind of brings us to the other issue which is one of the issue was is just the issue that Liv actually brought to us. Wait, which I'm is, sorry.
1: All of that drama was not the issue? Oh at no. Hand?
0: No, of course not. What are you talking about? <laughs> God, I love the internet. It's just it never ends. <laughs> the other issue is because AO3 is reader funded. Every year they do their donation drive. They just get shit on for <laughs> asking for money. It's honestly, like, a pretty common controversy. Like, it happens with Wikipedia.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, when you say donation drive, you mean, like, the, I feel like... It- the thing with the Wikipedia is I feel like it's 12 months of the year when I know it is a limited time of the year when you like log onto a Wikipedia page and there's that banner at the top that says, if everybody gave $20, yes, we could run Wikipedia until the earth melts down. Probably yes. longer.
0: Yeah. And so AO3 does that, but they don't need to keep that going for too long. Like I think every year they raise all the money they need in like 24 hours. Mm-hmm. But then every year people get mad that they need money and they think that the fundraising is a scam which is just wrong for a lot of reasons there was this someone on twitter said if you constantly need money to keep a website running maybe you shouldn't have that website just saying and i, I just do you understand how websites work <laughs> <laughs> like ao 3 is free and has no ads they have to cover operational costs. Just the sheer amount of money it takes to keep that website
1: just up and running from like a server perspective right, is going to be like, expensive. Lot, this, this thing draws lots of clicks and lots of eyeballs. Like it is expensive to build something that works at scale. Mm-hmm. My question about the money is then why isn't it paying for moderation?
0: That's a good question. Madison and only AO3 can answer that because I mean they have largely been run not only by volunteer moderators but volunteer coders like this website is like entirely just funded by the sheer passion of fans which God love them but also if you are donating to AO3 are you donating to a website that hosts child porn and the answer is
1: yeah (laughs) kind of (laughs) I mean, that's murky, right, when you talk about textual fiction.
0: Yeah, technically in the United States of America, text child porn is not illegal because you have underage users on AO3. And so it gets into a dicey territory or if you're writing about two underage characters. So there's never going to be a way, I think, to, to completely get rid of what is like explicitly bad child porn. And to be clear... I've been using AO3 for like I think upwards of like 10 years at this point and have n- like never run into like you have to go searching for like actively bad like abuse level stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's the like moral hand-wringing that I think Liv was describing on Tumblr is like a little overhyped compared to the the actual valid concerns of like you should be able to curate like not seeing like racist stuff on AO3. Rachel, first of all, I feel like you could teach a college class about (laughs) fan fiction, and I would be the first person to sign up. But speaking more broadly, like, these questions matter because the stuff that gets really big on these platforms is informing, like, big-time franchises. I'm thinking about, so Anna Todd, the woman who wrote after, I interviewed her years ago, and she told me she mostly wrote it on her phone, standing in line at, like, Target. I heard thumbs okay. Like my prob- thumbs hard after probably scrolling on Twitter. She can buy new thumbs. She can buy oh, like yeah, a thousand sets right, right. of new thumbs. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> like this thing, you know, sold a gajillion copies, became it's a trilogy, the films. Yes. Not only
0: is Hollywood taking its cues from fan fiction, but publishing is. I personally know of, I think, at least three fan fictions that I've read that have gotten picked up by publishers just from being on AO3. And so the question of what's happening on AO3 and what kind of content is being hosted on AO3 and what users are being prioritized on AO3 is not just important because fan fiction itself is important, which to be clear, it is. But also because other million dollar industries are
1: taking their cues from what's being hosted on this website. I think that ties back really nicely to Liv's original question that it is still absolutely okay to be an A O three frequenter. I know it's stylized letter A, letter O, numeral three, but in my head it's A triple O, and you go A O.
0: Okay, Madison. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look, it's been a long day, but it's totally you know you're not you're not engaging with some nefarious platform. You can disregard the tweets that were panicking about what exactly your money's going to. But also, it's always a good idea to interrogate where your money's going and what what it's paying for. All right, that's the show. We'll be back in your feed on Saturday, so please subscribe. The show is free and it's the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. If you can, leave us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about us. If you wanted to, like, buy a Skywriter, commission a Skywriter. Either way, that would be fun. And if you do it, send us pictures. Uh, (laughs) We'd love to see.
0: In the meantime, though, please continue to email us and tweet at us and send us DMs on Instagram or Twitter. We do check our DM requests. And as you can see, we do read your receipts. We read them. We are going
1: to continue to read them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're going to tweet at us, the hashtag is hashtag ICYMIpod. And by email, we are ICYMI at Slate.com. You can help us settle the debate once and for all. Is it read or is it read? Icy
0: YMI is produced by Daniel Schrader. Our supervising producer is Derek John. Horst Wickman is Slate's culture editor. And Gabe Broth is editorial director of audio.
1: See online. Or not. Sheesh! (laughs) Sheesh! Baby, you light up my world like nobody else. The way that you...
0: I feel like you could have picked a better One Direction song, but okay. I,
1: look, I panicked. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.